Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Hyundai Tucson Ultimate Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. So why is this Ultimate then, Alan? Because it's our review of the Hyundai Tucson. Oh, no, it's actually because the spec is the Ultimate spec <laughs> of the Hyundai Hyundai Tucson Hybrid Ultimate. I think that was the entire name of it. Yeah, Ultimate with Tech Pack was actually what we had. <laughs> That's a heck of a badge. Yes. Not not the most ridiculous piece of naming that we've we've had to review at any time recently, I don't uh, I think. Uh so yes, it is the it's the top spec Hyundai Tucson. It's not the top motorization because it is available with a whole load of drivetrains. Mm-hmm. This was a non-plug-in hybrid. Above that there is a plug-in hybrid. In fact, there are Oh, let's just go through the list of different drivetrains. Uh, you can starting off is a 1.6 petrol manual, 150 brake horsepower, and then you move from that to uh, 150 horsepower, 1.6 petrol mild hybrid, available with manual or with a DCT dual clutch transmission thing. And then after that, you're on a 1.6 180 brake horsepower mild hybrid petrol which is only available with dual clutch transmission mm-hmm. are we following along at the back <laughs> uh, and then after that is finally what we had the 1.6 liter 230 ps hybrid which is two-wheel drive mm-hmm. everything else is two-wheel drive that i've mentioned beforehand by the way uh, but at the top of the heap is the 1.6 265 metric horsepower plug-in hybrid which is four-wheel drive um, there's a whole bunch of specs available as well. So you can have SE Connect, Premium, N-Line, and N-Line Plus specs, as well as Ultimate. Not all drivetrains are available in all specs. <laughs> Is this going to require another of your f- no. seven-dimensional diagrams? <laughs> I had, well, basically, yes. And then you get the fact that you can't get all the colors with all the specs as well. Oh. So, so by this point, I had just, I had just given up. What you need to know out of all of that, really, that we're going to go on to discuss, is that we each had a a, a test, a press car. So we've, we've both driven this mm-hmm. uh, over the same kind of period. And they were the 1.6 petrol, 230 brake, two-wheel drive, automatic hybrid with 230 metric horses and 265 newton meters of torque. Mm-hmm. The range starts at £28,710 for the petrol manual 150 brake horsepower SE Connect uh, and climbs to £42,030 for the plug-in hybrid, uh, and that's before option. Mm-hmm. Test cars we had, they were different colours, but essentially the numbers all add up the same. So they're £37,400 for the hybrid Ultimate plus uh, £665, in my case, for Sunset Red. We'll come to all the other colour taxes in just a minute. And then £1,300 worth of tech pack. A tech pack price varies depending on what engine level you have because it depends what's included. Mm-hmm. We're at about seven different dimensions for the pricing so far, aren't we? <laughs> Color tax engine red, which is red like a tomato, is included. In fact, it's red like a fire engine. Gosh, that would have been a much better simile, wouldn't it, Alan? <laughs> Polar white is a flat white, which is three hundred pounds, which should deter anyone from purchasing. Which should, it, yeah, should stop you buying that. All the other colours, 
coming at £665. And when I say all the other colours, there is Dark Knight. That's what I have. Uh, dark Grey. Okay. It's Knight, by the way. So it's, it's as in Sir Galahad and not, you know, the, I don't know, children of the... Uh, <laughs> there's Amazon Grey, which is grey. Uh, there's Phantom Black, which is black. There is Silky Bronze, which is beige. <laughs> Sounds like a colour of tights, doesn't it? It's awful. Uh, there's Shadow Grey, which is grey. There's Shimmering Silver, which is grey. Oh, no, I've been told off before by saying that silver is grey, haven't I? It's silver. <laughs> and there's teal, which is teal. Uh, as I say, not all colours are available in all trims. So things like the Shadow Grey, for example, you can only get on the N lines. And in return, you can't get, I think it's Amazon Grey, you can't get on the N lines instead. It's all very complicated. Hyundai has quite a good configurator. Please go and play with that if you really want to know what all the permutations are, because that's what I had to do to bring all of that to you. <laughs> Size-wise, by the way, we're talking DSUV. So that's the car equivalent of, say, a Passat or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Deep breath. Breathe out. Good. I fought my way through that. It's easier from here on in, everyone. I'm sure you care about that. <laughs> I know I do. As is our way, we'll start with the outside. Good looking thing, Andrew. Yes. Uh, well, distinctive. There's, I liked a lot of the elements of it, not everything. It is, you could say with the previous generations that they were... They were pretty inoffensive. Unremar they? Well, not unremarkable too much. Yeah, inoffensive SUV. This one is definitely bolder in its looks. Previously, if someone said, right, imagine an SUV and draw it, it would have looked a lot like the Tucson. Yes. Whereas now, it, there's much more distinctiveness built into it. You You can't really mistake the Tucson for much else. And if you are going to mistake it for something else, it's probably going to be something more expensive and more German. Yes. All of which is a compliment, by the way, just so you know. That <laughs> yeah. that was a compliment. <laughs> the biggest shake-up really is probably, or the most noticeable to people, is probably the front end. It is all grill. Yeah, the, there's a, it's quite a, 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 grill doesn't quite seem right. It's almost like the, the, the panel's been perforated because the, yeah, there's still a lot massive. of a lot of things there it's not just like air holes so it's it, but they've toned it down by having it dark gray yeah it's it's dark chrome is what they describe it as but it is essentially a grill that is that is the width of the car but a lot of the lighting it comes through from behind it a little bit like a little bit like a tuareg but it's it's toned back quite a lot mm. from that so lots of the driving lights and side lights all come come through that and and the um drls as well are built into the grill. I think the actual main beams and everything are actually, are, are the the separate pod, which is actually slightly lower down. Yeah, which they are. You don't tend to notice because of the great big grill. Yeah, they sort of they look where you would expect sort of like the fog lights to be. That's where. Yeah, that's you'd where expect they are. driving lights on a, on a Subaru Impreza. Yeah, W um, WRX, an early one. Yeah, that they're that kind of place, and that that really sort of dominates the front. But at the same time, we've said all that, but that that dark chrome color kind of knocks it back a bit and stops it being oh look at me yeah it, there's, there's other out manufacturers out there that happily have their grills at a much lighter color and it stands out and people have made comments as a result whereas as you said you know the, the width of this is virtually the entire car so hmm. technically it should be up there to be 
poked fun at like a few others but i think they've just done it in a really good way uh, i know that's a, it's a complaint that we've seen the car designery twitter people we know that car manufacturers are not making enough of different materials for things like the mm-hmm. grill and round the back where exhaust pipes used to come out and things like that and yeah there's a, there's a lot of comments about that and i think this is a really good step in that direction of making the front end interesting without having to say oh look this swallows children yes exactly but they've they've sort of done that most of the way around the car as well with quite a few different textures and, and stuff and, and i think hyundai is particularly good at texture when I mean, you look at the the i10 that we've talked before with its its obsession with honeycomb uh the i20 which is a review that's going to come up soon with its you know the interior has more strakes than the outside of an 80s ferrari <laughs> Hyundai are really, really good at this kind of stuff uh, just at the minute. I particularly like, by the way, the side profile of the Tucson. It's, the, you know, the actual silhouette isn't particularly exciting, but actually what they've done within that is is far more interesting. So I love the fact it's got essentially bubble arches like uh, Lancia Delta Integrale mm. uh, and, and the way those finish with those kind of diagonal slashes. I, I like the sharp crease that goes round into the boot lid. I like the sort of slashy sculptural rear lights that are down there. I, I, like, that, I like that line that goes round to the rear lights. I'm not as keen on the arches, but, I mean, that's part of the reason that there's the two of us talking about this because this is very mm. much personal preference when it comes to the exterior of, of a vehicle yeah i felt it sort of was a little bit a little bit much but i applaud the fact that they weren't creating inoffensive suv they they are making a statement and but then and i also acknowledge that they weren't doing this just to put a slash in the side because i can see where the lines all come from and where they all go to and how that they match throughout different parts of the vehicle as well so it's it's not like some manufacturers we mock quite rightly for just seemingly going along the side and just gouging bits out the thing is there's distinctiveness in there without it being goppingly ugly Hmm. at the same time it's not enough it's not enough to put me off the vehicle no at the same time it's handsome without being inoffensive like the previous generation which was perfectly good looking thing by the way it just wasn't interesting yeah other stuff that i that i like i don't care if you like it or not uh, (laughs) is the the rear wiper is hinged at the top underneath the rear spoiler so it doesn't it's not sort of in the way i guess there's aero benefits to that as well as it just making it really tidy easy to clean etc 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 so that was a really that was a nice touch uh, as well other thing is bit of the old cladding we like some plastic cladding yes. uh, here on the motoring podcast along the, the bottom part of the, the the sides helps disguise some of that height mm. between uh, of the side below the glass house uh, as well whilst not being avert this car is always going to sit relatively low because there needs to be space for the batteries to to power the hybridiness and especially in the plug-in hybrid mm. which has what 35 40 miles worth of range on on battery i don't know i haven't driven it um, but lots of nice stuff and nice details, and you can keep on looking at this and keep on seeing other little bits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the the longer the week went with it, the more I discovered that was the same throughout the whole car. To be honest, for me, mm. inside and outside. Yeah, which has turned into a link, which wasn't intended <laughs> to move to the interior. So, as is our way on on the motoring podcast, uh, we start at the boot. 
Yes. Uh, of course, electric tailgate, because this is ultimate and everything fancy has to have an electric tailgate these days, despite the fact that it's invariably slower and marginally less convenient than actually just doing it with your hand. But um, depends who you are and what size you are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I quickly adapted and it was helpful because often I had lots of things in my hands. My laziness did, you know, overcome anything else yeah i, th- I thought okay, the speed was enough. good enough it wasn't bad actually there, there have been some much slower ones yeah. in the past yeah. So, yeah in the back nice big boot uh, i don't have the figures for, for how big it was big boot with an adjustable height floor so you could either have it up so that it was flush with the back of the back seats when they're folded uh giving you a, a, a sort of convenient uh, a bit more space underneath, a bit, bit of an undercroft, uh, or you could drop it down by about uh, three or four inches yep. to get a bit more height uh, as and where you needed it. Well, put it this way: it dealt with with the with the boot floor up. It dealt with uh-huh. the family of five away for a week by the seaside, and mm-hmm. none of our items were above the luggage cover. That's pretty impressive. So I, I was really impressed with the size of that boot. With, with it down, it survived a trip to a garden centre, <laughs> including buying a sort of plastic barrow thing uh, and some rhubarb forces and all sorts of other stuff. And with, the, the again, luggage cover across. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I needed that extra little bit of height. I managed to drop it from being high to low with one hand. The only trouble is whenever you drop it down, it's not completely flat. There is a ramp at the back of it. So it means that when it's low, you can't tuck stuff right up behind the back seat. Yeah. It's far too difficult. That, that's about the only grumble I had there. But the rest of the boot space, I mean, as you say, it's big. It's it's actually quite it's quite tall. It's quite deep. It's a nice, even shape. Um, it has 12-volt power socket mm-hmm. uh, just inside the back door. It has curry hooks, which are not the finest curry hooks I've seen for a while. They yeah. were quite little sort of buttony things. Yeah, they were. They worked because I did test them out, mm. but I wasn't massively confident in them. Let's put it that way. No, I'd have been better with a proper hook rather than a little sort of – it's essentially a curry mushroom is what it has. Yeah, yeah, you have to take steps like to mushroom. make sure things don't fly off. Yeah, so uh, minus a star. Yes. <laughs> from from our mythical star rating. Our mythical star rating that we never give, yes. Rear seats, you can fold the back of them from uh, by just pulling a lever in the in the sort of wall, the side of the boot, and you can you can drop those uh, single handed uh, as long as there's nothing on the back seat already. And the other thing that's worth mentioning is the fact that if you do have a large thing to carry and you have still have the luggage cover with you then you can you can sort of underneath the floor you can pop up one side to make the extra deep extra deep cubby hole on the left hand side uh, and the there was actually space where you could put the luggage cover underneath yep. the floor so that it wasn't there and in your way mm-hmm. the other thing to note about the around. rear seats as well is you can change the angle of the back of the seats mm-hmm. so they could be very upright yes. or they could be uh you know more more relaxed depending on so if you had something that was perhaps a bit more squarish in the boot that fitted at the bottom but wasn't quite at the top you could just you could just angle the, the back of the seats up slightly by the time you're at that kind of scale you're, you're thinking sort of chester drawers and stuff by yeah. the way just to give you an idea so not your weekly shopping or no or not at all that. yeah yeah absolutely right it's it's you're talking about something really quite quite chunky. Rear seat splits forty twenty forty, uh, so you've got uh, 
you know, many options as to which bits you want up and which bits you want down. Nice big armrest in the middle bit. Of course, you can fold that middle 20% down. That gives you a, a, a ski hatch uh, and a pass through from the boot into the rear seats. Should you should you need a want or desire that? Rear seats themselves were not heavily sculpted. The the back seats of an SUV, which are meant to 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 be folded and to to carry people, so quite comfortable to the outer. The middle was quite wide, quite flat, so it shouldn't really be a bad place to to sit for a while. No. Practically no transmission tunnel intrusion, a little bit, an inch and a half or so, but lots of leg room, lots of headroom, lots of shoulder space. Yeah, not not a bad place to be. In addition to that, you and the ultimate spec, you had uh, window uh, sun blinds as as well as the privacy gl- privacy glass i can't speak now <laughs> uh, so you could you you know manual ones so you can pull them up and and, and hook at the top mm-hmm. and they worked well they covered all of the window which is more than than happens in some executive saloons to be perfectly honest uh so they they then you could you could pop them up and down yeah that would have been brilliant if i had if if our kids were younger that would, that would have been a that, that's a really nice touch that it's well, integrated in them. because you see so many now are going for these sort of sock things that they're putting over the entire yeah. outside which seem like it's going to be noisy as much mm-hmm. as anything so to do that is great be aware by the way that some manufacturers might sell sun blind visory bits that actually just fit to the windows of that car model because i know that my brother-in-law's done that with his his master six he has Mazda six specific ones, mm-hmm. which are are really very neat uh, indeed, and sort of fit into the quarter light and stuff. But you don't need to do that here because you don't have quarter lights, and you've got these nice built in ones. Yep. So so they're they're very good. Also, the outer two rear seats were heated, mm-hmm. and not just that, but it's three zone climate control in the in the Ultimate. So you have so people in the back have temperature control and air vents uh, in the back of the sort of center cubby console armresty bit as well as two usb ports yep to, for charging their i devices which is excellent trust me mm-hmm. <laughs> up front big comfy heated cool electrically adjustable memory seats in a sort of quilted it's quilted perforated leather wasn't it yes which was quite which super comfy sorry i'm questioning the quiltedness because i was sitting on them not looking at them Really comfy, easy to adjust. It really didn't take me very long at all to find a comfy driving position. Yep. Uh, similarly with the steering column. Yep. Did like them being cooled Just, as well. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't particularly warm the week I had it, but uh, but yes, they're they're just nice. Yeah, uh, and that. Uh, and the heated bit was oh, I've I've had this uh, judged by the crack windscreens judge of heated seats that they they heated to a more than satisfactory hot temperature on on there go quite far up the back yep yeah which is the other thing that was pleased with that go say one of the things i really noticed about this car was just how good the visibility was just and i mean sort of physical visibility i don't mean with any aids or accessories or or additional things I, i just felt that this was a really really easy car to see out of was kind of helped in this, I guess. There, there was no, despite the fact that it was black leather, very dark grey leather in the press cars, it definitely wasn't Hall of Calcutta black or anything. It had a light coloured headlining, which helped, but not quite as much as the massive panoramic roof. Yes. Uh, with a, Again, with an electric blind to cover it. And the front part of that roof tilted 
and slows as well. Yep. Yeah, we used that so a lot. You could we, we just open you know, do the tilt. Uh, and it just reminded me how much I miss <laughs> the sunroofs. Yeah, I, aircon's uh, great, but to to now and again, just when you're just pootling along, because there was a couple of times, particularly when I ran it in just EV, when it just ran in EV mode, when I was coming out of the cottage we were in, quite in the a lot village, of the time, to be honest. I just put the roof back and just kept, crawled along at ten, eleven miles an hour because there was no point going any mm-hmm. faster because the lanes were so narrow and twisty. And it was amazing what you heard going on the, the the wildlife and stuff like that. It was and the sunlight coming through. It was wonderful. Are you sure you didn't have some of the other things turned on that we'll talk about in a bit? No, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> not at that point. <laughs> in addition to that, by the way, and I, I should probably talk about it in tech, but I'm talking about visibility right now. I just want to say this: had, this was the first car that well, it's not the first car I've driven because I've driven the Nexo as well, which had this, which of course is the essentially the hydrogen version it's not quite the hydrogen version you get the idea which is blind spot cameras uh, mounted under the the mirrors and whenever you put the indicators on then it sort of takes over the part of the the binnacle screen which shows which is the dial for either on the right or on the left so if you indicate right then it takes over the the sort of rev counter or the the sort of uh, charge economy to thing and if you mm-hmm. indicate left, then it takes over the, the speedometer and it shows the picture. It shows the view along the side of the car. So if anything is there that is low down, uh, that is in that next lane, you can see it. And it's a really neat way of doing it. it it's not the same as having the, the digital rear view mirrors, but it's a good one for, for just giving that that little bit of extra insight of what's what's down low. Mm. Uh, handy in town as well for s- small bollards and high curbs and that kind of thing. Too. So that was just quite neat and just sort of fitted into to driving it quite quite nicely. Yep. Anyway, back to the interior. There's a really nice mix. So th- this is leather seats, pachyderm sort of dash top, but nicely finished. Not sort of nothing was rattly or, or tappity or anything like that. Just a really nice mix of materials that that if you didn't know modern sort of high-end Hyundai's you wouldn't think was Hyundai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a big, big difference to drive your i10, the plastics in there, and the plastics in a, in a Tucson. There's even a significant difference between an i30 or an Ionic and the plastics in, the, in a Tucson. That bodes really well for stuff like the, the, the Ionic 5 or, or even the Santa Fe, which, of course, is even higher up the scale than the Tucson. But just really nice. A nice touch, and this was the fabric inserts, I was going to say Peugeot style. And again, that's a compliment. Yeah. Just really nice materials all put together well. So you don't end up with that gray on gray on gray on gray on gray on black mm. or with different textures thing, which you, you, you see when you're looking for it, you spot it more often than you think you should. <laughs> yes. And in places where you feel you shouldn't mm. as well. So really nice uh, mix of materials and good quality materials. Looking through the slightly scary smiley steering wheel, which once you saw it, you can never unsee it. Then, uh, I've already said about Peugeot and some of the materials. The binnacle in this is is quite interesting because it's it's just like a sort of little flat tablety thing, which doesn't reflect, uh, and it's mm. quite far away from you, and it's quite high up. Uh, uh, but it's really, really easy to read, uh, really clear. It is configurable. You can configure the socks off this car if you really want to. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, it's there, it's clear, you can just, even just changing whether you want to show the music or all sorts of things. Obviously, it changes colour with drive modes in the expected fashion. Only two drive modes in this Ultimate Edition, Eco and Sport. Yeah. Curiously, Eco gives you a rev counter as the right-hand dial, and Sport gives you an Eco meter as to whether you're doing regen or your or whatever else it was kind of kind of weird that it was it was that way around and it wasn't that eco was giving you the eco meter and sport gave you the rev counter animations between them were lovely uh, we'll see and um, by the way when i say in the standard fashion what i mean is sports red and eco eco actually is not green eco is blue eco is kind of standard mode to be honest it's what no, norm, normally would be listed as comfort yeah going down the middle top there were there were some vents i will talk a bit more about ventilation in a, in a little while with some vents under that 10 and a quarter inch touch screen to cover all your entertainment your sat nav filtering with all your settings your car play your android auto bloody 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 blah this is a change for high though because it wasn't actual buttons oh yes well yes about yes so yes under that there was a surface of black shiny plastic which you were meant to touch and leave fingerprints on yes and the screen uh i didn't really notice it on the screen uh mm. I, so yes so then there were some sort of capacitive flatted buttons for skipping and volume and all these kind of things but the bit that i so they were there and they were fine they're kind of but i for me this was the part of the car i didn't like it's the only thing this whole car i didn't like was was those that that strip underneath the screen and then also the ventilation control area i agree i i was disappointed in this i couldn't find the buttons it didn't work and then mine had my press car had at the an occasional glitch where it just would sort of ghost stuff and things would start moving without being touched and temperatures would change and things and it was quite annoying i wish it had just been normal controls because actually what you could do was just fine. You know, mm. you could change where it went. There would, And it's worth mentioning that the ventilation system on this is really, really clever. You yeah, didn't yeah. need this panel of fingerprints and not really being able to just reach down and change stuff should you need to. Well, how, how long have we made a point when we've talked about Hyundai's, we've always said that they seem to have made the job of driving as easy as possible. And this bit doesn't. Yeah, this was the time that they didn't. This bit adds a layer of complication and fussiness that I was really disappointed in because be would I be as disappointed if I'd never driven a Hyundai before? I'm not sure. But because I have driven previous and I know what they can do and can get very right, I felt this was a retrograde step. And like you, this was the bit. Nothing else really in this car yeah. it was this was the bit that sort of and the, oh. the thing is that the nexo is a similar system and it's all physical buttons and it does actually look like a lot of buttons but at least the buttons were there and the buttons pressed and the buttons worked uh, mm. so i found these these this area and the controls for the climate to be to be tricky i just didn't uh, they I'd have to stop, consciously set stuff, and then just leave it alone. Don't touch it again, which is fine because that's normally how I how I go. But it, it did have these sort of ghosting issues about all of a sudden it would try and ramp it up to twenty three degrees and all sorts of stuff, which was annoying. 
generally I'd turn you off, I'd leave for five, ten minutes, and I'd turn you back on, would sort it, and it would be fine your next journey. But every now and again, it just, just wasn't that happy. But the system itself is very clever. Uh, mm-hmm. You can choose uh, diffuse. So instead of, so you know how many, many uh, car systems where you, where you, you set stuff to auto, it'll be quite, 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 quiet, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. blast it, a Mazda, hello? <laughs> then the MX-5 was terrible for it. It really was. The, this There's also an extra vent which goes right the way along. So when you look at the dashboard, there are sort of strakes and a vent, some vent-style bit that the vents are built into. Well, it is actually almost all vent. It's just the diffuse setting will get you that so that the air comes in in a sort of i don't know gentle curtain i don't know a way to describe it but it's not coming out of a vent Mm. it's just being infused into the cabin the other thing i noticed was you got three levels of auto for both driver and passenger so that you could have quite forceful auto or you could have medium auto or you could have soft auto as well and you could change between it quite quickly other cars have seen sure you can do that but you've got to go into three levels down in the screens and the settings to change it mm. here you just press the auto button the number of times and the little light on it came on uh to the amount so you know that kind of stuff the system and the ventilation system worked really well it was quite a the, the week i don't know it was very variable temperatures that week it, it generally just took took everything to the temperature without you really noticing once you'd sort of fought with the non-buttons. <laughs> yes. Anyway, below all of that, moving on, there's a Qi charging pad, two USB sockets, a 12-volt socket. And then as you come out from that, uh, along the, the sort of top of the center console, there's a strip of buttons uh, for hill descent cameras, heated steering wheel, uh, heated seats, heated and cooled seats. That stuff was in the, was in the next little bit back. After that, there was the push button controls for the park reverse neutral drive, mm-hmm. which is just like the. the I mean, it always used to be a, a stick in hybrid Hyundai's, and the buttons were kept for the electric models. Uh, now it's it's the buttons. So you've got park reverse neutral drive, or you've got re- reverse neutral drive, and then park is off to the side. Really intuitive, easy to use. Don't really know why people bother with the twiddly sticky thing anymore, but there we go. And that was it. There was a couple of cup holders as well alongside that, uh, and then a massive cubby under the armrest. Yep. That was about it for the interior. So what did you think of the driving then? I I found it really quite, really smooth. I was, now, as I said, my mum was visiting that week, so I was mostly in chauffeur mode okay. as opposed to hooning it. But uh, I went out on my own a couple of times, and it shifts well enough. It it really does. It's it's two hundred and thirty brake, obviously three hundred and fifty newton meters of torque from fifteen hundred to four thousand RPM. So you know it's it's slugging in low, and it just it's just there. So if the two hundred and thirty Two hundred thirty horsepower doesn't sound like much. Three hundred fifty newton meters is actually is actually pretty decent. Okay, you're not sixty two and eight seconds. Top speed of one hundred and twenty miles an hour. Handling wise, I mean, you're not going to be setting any records on the Nurburgring. The handling is good enough. It has no bad habits, mm-hmm. other than anything that that's inherent in a DSUV. Um, so obviously it, it's, it's quite high, but on the other hand, it's got lots of batteries and stuff way down low. So it doesn't, there's not that much body roll or anything. I found that the suspension soaked up 
crummy roads around here uh, pretty well without much noise. I found the steering was fine, you know, for, for what it is. I, I didn't have an issue with it. One thing I was surprised when I was sitting down and writing the specs and writing the notes up was to discover that it was a six-speed automatic. I had thought it was a really good CVT. I don't remember in a week feeling a gear change. Ah, right. Now, this is where we differ then. I It's the way I drive, mate. Well, I think it's the number of passengers and where you were as well. But there was quite a few times that it took an age to change up. And it re- the engine noise became really intrusive. Nope. Never noticed it at all. Yeah. And like it was from between thirty and fifty, and it it took ages. You think, and it was, and the rev was going up and up and up and up and up and up, and it still wouldn't change. You think, hang on, you should have changed like two thousand RPM ago, and you're still not changing up. And it's not as though we were crawling either. So there was a couple of times there that that it it felt a mix of that the engine was just a fraction gutless. In that mid mid speed range. Nope. Sorry, I genuinely didn't feel that at yeah. all. Absolutely different opinions on this. So I, I think it was the terrain and the fact it was a full car mm-hmm. all combined to just expose that potential not weakness, but that 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 sort of I, I never had an absolutely full car. I was down all sorts of lanes and steepnesses and, and steep hills and descents and climbs at, at a number of speeds and didn't have an issue. Mm. You know, driving it driving out to the lay-by of photography, not a problem. And that normally really does expose stuff which is is ponderous uh, yeah so apart from that situation between the 30 and 50 where it should have changed particularly the 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 way that it was pulling up through it nicely but it just wouldn't change up a gear for some for some reason other than that yeah the rest of the time didn't notice it was changing gear like you because the first couple of times it it did that i thought oh god i'm really pushing the cvt because i i can really hear the engine Hmm. And, and then it was going to go, oh, now we change up. It's go, oh, okay, so this isn't CVT, right. Because okay. my thought was, was Andrew's going to like this CVT because it doesn't have any, uh, there's no fake gearing in it. <laughs> Genuine, genuinely thought that. <laughs> I was quite surprised. It was only when I was writing up these notes the, the other day. So it was like automatic. Surely that's a typo on that. That can't be right. And then everything everywhere says six-speed automatic. So yeah. I genuinely surprised but yeah but apart from that 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 particular time mm-hmm. and it happened quite a few times for, because of where we were and like i say i think a full car as well wouldn't doesn't help with that but no. if it was just going on dual carriageways and motorways or it was normal roads particularly around here and the sort of things not not a problem at all did exactly what i expected it to do when it did it how it handled it and everything so mm. you know it, it was of no surprise apart from that over almost 300 miles for me, I which wasn't anywhere near a full tank, then I, I got a little over 50 miles per gallon. Uh, I got 43.7. It's not bad. But I am, I consider, like I say, full car. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was there wasn't a tremendous amount of consistent sitting at a speed driving. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, more than happy with that. Yeah, there was lots of mine was lots of a road and uh, motorway, 
uh, and then some some back roads as well. Mm. Uh, where to begin here? Technology, lots of it. Um, <laughs> there are so many acronyms here. Okay, there is ABS, BCW, BCA, BAS, DBC, ESC, ESS, FCAJX, which is a favorite because of just how it doesn't roll off the tongue, uh, <laughs> HDA, HAC, ISLA, which is the name of my mom's dog, uh, LFA, LKA, MSLA, MCA, RCCW, RCCA, TSA, and TPMS. And of course, because ours had the tech packs as well, there was also ECS, <laughs> AVM, BVM, and RSPA. So, hope that helps. Basically, if you could imagine some kind of technology which you're going to throw at a car, particularly safety or driver assistance particularly safety or driver assistance it, it had it i mean it had the the you know because of where the binnacle was it didn't need a head-up display that was i think the only piece of tech of almost any car that mm. i i've discovered that it didn't have i was impressed with the rear cross traffic alert that's the FCAJX, by the way. Because it vibrates the steering wheel as well when it goes off. And there was a couple of times I was in car parks where I was unsighted. And no, just as I started to fractionally reverse out of a space because I needed to get to the boot and the parking spaces weren't big, that it went off. So I stopped and then a car would go past or uh, or, that- or pedestrians would. And that and that the was RCCA, as well was really good. by the way. That's RCCA. That's the rear cross traffic collision avoidance. Uh, that you only get on the hybrid. But that was really well done, and it was really the way it it gave you the tactile um, warning as well as a, mm. a as well as a, an, an audible one. Um, but on top of that, the camera system really impressed with really that because a couple mm. of times I had to get into tight parking spaces, and again. Oh. By using the from above, I could get mm-hmm. in properly and make sure that I was sat so that either side could open their door. You know, we could open our doors as much but as possible. But, Andrew, you didn't need to have done that. And this was the one thing I didn't test because I, wasn't I kept going meaning to, do to try to work out how there. to do that. In the, in the middle of the, with, with cars behind me and everything, there was no way I was No, no, no. It. You just eject them and then you stand outside and you press the button and it put itself into the space. Mm-hmm. Or take it out of a space again. But I didn't try it because I couldn't get it to work straight off the fob without looking up how to do it. And I never quite got around to looking up how to do it. So I'll need to try it. The next time I'm near a Hyundai that's got that's got it, I shall I shall try it. I shall rope in some volunteers to show me and help me. Yeah. So yeah, but the the Krell eight speaker plus subwoofer stereo was excellent for pumping tunes out. Also for podcasts. Really, uh, yes, it was good for podcasts too, but really for pumping tunes out. You can, which is kind of related to one of the other things that I, I like, which was quiet mode, isn't in my notes, which was the, the quiet mode. I don't know if you, you found this I did find in it. the bowels of the settings. Uh, and it's quite cool because it puts it limits the volume and it puts the volume to the, the front most speakers, not in the back. So if you've got people uh, in the back of the car sleeping, or that you want to go to sleep or anything like that, then then it won't, you know, you changing stuff is less likely to wake them up. It's less likely to be in their ear. So you can so you can sort of you can you can manage that, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh what else? Oh yes, the function I didn't understand. Sounds of nature. Yes. That's right. 
you too can drive your car to the, the relaxing sounds of uh, nature. Well, not all nature. You can listen to the forest. You can listen to waves, which, yeah. You can have a fireplace. You can listen to a rainy day. Or you can listen to an open-air cafe. Really, really unnerving when you're driving along in the sunshine and what you can hear is rain. Well, the fire. Oh, when you're driving, bad. driving in town. Oh, the fire one's bad because it felt because you hear like crackling, something. and you yeah, go, "What's yeah. gone wrong? What do I? Did, what, what's breaking? <laughs> no, no, breaking. Bre- what's breaking was the sound, the occasional clattering of plates in the open air cafe one, <laughs> and the sort of muttering, the sort of susurrations of other diners around about. And it's like, why do I want this in my car? I don't understand it. Yeah. It's a nice idea, but I don't get it. Maybe someone uh, will explain. I think that's along the lines of when a car will drive people, this is something to help them relax. Yeah. And I think it's been brought in too early. It's kind of, come on, it's kind of cool. And it's a thing. To yeah, do, but you, press it, about you it press it once and you go, look what it can do. And everyone goes, oh, look that's fantastic. And oh, then the they chirping go, of frogs and the sound of Switch water, it off yeah. now. Put the music back on. <laughs> I I actually think it's for EVs. What they'll do is they'll play the sound of waves, the beach one or the mm-hmm. rain one, so that those people who claim they can go 800 miles on a single <laughs> bladder have to stop and recharge. That's what I reckon it's for. Is, is that it? We reached the end. I think so. I think it is. I think so. Gosh, I felt there was something else I should be saying. As you might guess, I really liked this. I liked it a lot. I was sad when it, it again, it, I was surprisingly sad when it went. I was particularly sad the next day when I was driving the car that replaced it, which is a much, much smaller car. And it was absolutely <laughs> lashing with rain. And I thought, I wish I was still in the Tucson. Because mm. the weather in the road conditions were so horrible. It's like, I wish I was still in the Tucson. I'd just be feel much happier in the Tucson. But no, I, I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. It just kind of fitted in very easily. It was just yeah. easy. It was just low stress. Yeah. Um, apart from that touchscreen area, and yeah. and for me, apart from that one particular time that it wouldn't change up, mm-hmm. that I, I managed to make it repeat, the rest of it, Hyundai have demonstrated again that they clearly think about who is going to use the car. Mm-hmm. So there's all the little touches like the the quiet bit, um, the the quiet uh, what do you, oh, what's it called quiet, quiet mode. mode, the the quiet mode. So that's thinking that these are going to be parents using it. There's also a, a, the boot was a great size because the, mm-hmm. there's always a worry of SUVs of that ilk that the boot isn't as big as you hope it would be. But that is a proper size yeah. boot, which you then didn't have to compromise or feel you were compromised in what you you know what space you had mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the spec that we were uh, loaned was great because obviously the you know All the people guys. in the back getting you know heated seats and control their own temperature of with the air and that sort of stuff that it's was quite good really actually nice. because it divvies it up so the ones mm-hmm. on the outside can have the heated seats and the one in the middle has control of the, the ventilation temperature so everybody should be happy you know, yeah yeah or, or they can all be miserable. It's up to them. Yes. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I really liked it. I think what it does is it, it what it does it does incredibly well. 
I like the looks and I like the ambition they are clearly showing with it, which is they are uh, the the fit and finish interior wise and the design was excellent. Mm-hmm. And it was it's a step up from the previous model, which isn't bad in any stretch of the imagination. You know that that previous model will just keep working. Mm. But this this is much closer towards sort of the premium end of things in terms yeah. of fit, finish, and material. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Anyway, I think that's – anything else we need to say? I don't think so. We waffled long enough? I think so. So don't forget, folks, between now and next time, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts on the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people want to know a bit more uh, about the usefulness of a large square boot, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via uh, Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more about uh, when you would possibly deploy the sounds of an open-air cafe whilst driving along, (laughs) what's the best way for them to get in touch with you personally? It would be a very short response, but you can get in touch with me personally using Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley, that's B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.